watching it. I love it. It's fantastic. I'm really, and not, I was looking forward to it because a Oscar Isaac, obviously. And B, I was looking forward to it because the, I I didn't know a lot about him as a character. I was just basically told he's Marvel's Batman. So I'm like, okay. Uh, Obviously there are differences as I'm watching this. It's not exactly that, but I get why that's kind of the general description. the, The thing is there was my, my, my Moon Knight history is really spotty. But uh, my best friend growing up loved Moon Knight, um, and he would get the old back issues. But from what I remember, Moon Knight was, yes, a version of Batman. He was really wealthy. Yeah, uh, I think it was, I think it was Mark Spector who who was wealthy, and Stephen Grant was like the you know the alter ego or the uh, what's called the the other the other voice in his head. Yeah, and then they kind of switched it to where it became more like the fist of Kung Shu to where he really sort of is the avatar of these ancient, um, you know, Egyptians. Uh-huh. And then now it's where they're all talking in his head. Yeah. You know, and so and so I think they just kind of plucked out some of the more recent stuff. Uh, so when they used to call him, you know, Marvel's Batman, I think that was more referring to the fact that he was really wealthy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge Moon Knight fan, so, so I don't have any, you know, skin in the game getting offended if it's not my version of moon Knight. i think i'm really enjoying it though like you said it's it's been fun and uh i don't know it feels in a way let's see if you, i don't know if you know what i'm saying but to me just by watching it if the, the vibe of it it feels more like a mission impossible or jack reacher kind of movie than a traditional mcu if that makes sense yeah, well, did you watch? I know we're jumping off of Moon Knight, but did you watch Jack Reacher for Amazon? No, I, it's on my list of stuff I want to do and I will, but I haven't. It's yet. good. It's really good. It, the only thing, the thing that's interesting about that is they have uh, Amazon started doing um in I don't know how to describe it. There's ads in the show that change their their computer graphic in. Does that make sense? Yeah. So one time I watched it. The ad, this ad just this ad for TurboTax just looked off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and oh wow! So, and so I, I screenshot it at the exact time, and then later on I went back to that exact thing, and the TurboTax ad was gone. <laughs> somebody else had a somebody else had a TurboTax ad at this different scene, and so I wouldn't be surprised if they just you know start plugging in. See, you know, that well that that makes sense to me because they do that with I think it's like baseball games and some other things Ooh, where yeah. you know the banners change depending on where you are watching it from with the advertisements. So yep. I I kinda get it. Oh, hey. Uh it would seem that I accidentally hit the record button. Yeah. And now people know that we're here. Oh, okay. Are right, people actually paying attention that we're online or what? I don't know, but yeah, it's been a while. We we were doing this for a couple months, just having fun on our own, and then now people know that we're actually still alive. <laughs> Crap! Sorry, that's my bad. My bad for hitting the button. Oh well, I guess we might as well like treat it like an actual episode then. At this All point, right. no, no, we're talking about Marvel stuff. <laughs> we'll get there anyway. We always do. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Welcome to Podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection.
uh okay so yeah if we're gonna go ahead and pretend like this is a, an episode or whatever um so hi first off if you're listening to this hi you're amazing um so we have not been super active recently <laughs> if you didn't notice publicly i'll put it that way um and there are many many reasons for that and i don't need to go into recounting everything that's been going on over the past couple of months uh but i'm just gonna say it's been we'll go with the word chaotic uh, but when I've said before in the past, I have referenced how I don't think this as a podcast like this show, I don't think it's like ever going to go away. You know, I think this is good proof of that because uh, we're, we're going to talk about I stuff. Right, Tim. I thought yeah, I was right. Did you? Yeah, but apparently I'm not. No, apparently uh, the dead has risen. <laughs> yes, we're going to be talking about things tonight that include the Book of Boba Fett. Um. <sighs> A little bit of new stuff, not really news, but just some quick, 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 quick stuff with Mandalorian season three. Uh, there's another show on the way. Uh, it's called Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, can, can we talk about Obi Wan Kenobi real quick in, in, a, in a personal pet peeve of mine? Sure. How do we not have an announcement? Of who's scoring the show yet. I know. I mean, we have an announcement of who's doing the main theme, right? We know that. But it's not, it was, but that's still not. Right. That was an exclusive from Variety. True. And not, you know, Disney announcing it. You would think that they would have wanted to announce it on John Williams' birthday. Yeah. And is it, is it John Williams's or John Williams' birthday? Uh, Williams's. I don't like Williams' this, so I'm just going to say John Williams' birthday. Yeah. Well, I mean, because technically you would, you would end it with an apostrophe anyway, so it's fine. That would sound like you you know how to tell people the correct way to speak to him. Once upon a time, I used to make money doing that, so yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> College, writing, papers, all that grammar. <laughs> that was the thing I did. Like, for example, this so, is just a quick, you Williams know what? Is- this is a quick thing. I'm just like a PSA for life. If you are listening to this right now, okay? If you speak the English language, I apostrophe S, okay? That does not exist. That is not a thing. So like, you know, Mark and I's podcast, blah, blah, blah. That's not correct. I apostrophe S, never use that, never say that. It is incorrect. Okay, I have spoken my piece. That's your PSA of grammar for now. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, does anybody use eyes? Mark and I? Oh, yeah. Well, I say, yeah, okay. Never mind. I never said eyes, though. Yeah, that's good. You're not supposed to. I'm so, proud. so, who do you want to be? Uh, if, if Williams is doing the theme, so we have a nice, uh, basically a nice, uh, what's it called? Suite? Yeah. Of, uh, for Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, who do you want to take those themes and turn it into a into a score are we uh, are we good with john powell as always my answer cannot be straightforward okay it's it's two two things i have a dream world scenario and then a realistic answer okay dream world because it's never going to happen i want alan silvestri to do it okay. like that is absolutely perfect to me and because it has to be like look uh book of boba fett mandalorian you have uh leeway to work with the sound as they've done and it's great and we everybody loves the music for those shows because it's fitting to those shows and the different vibe that they have and everything um 
With this being set in the classic era of Star Wars with characters who are from the movies, like strictly main character of the prequels, all this kind of stuff. If it's an Obi-Wan show and we have a theme from John Williams, it's got to have a rough John Williams sound, right? It can't just be another, you know, Hans Zimmer take on Star Wars or not, I should say another, but it should be like that sort of thing. So I think Alan Silvestri would be perfect for it. I don't think that's likely to happen. Uh, if John Powell does it, I'm super down. I'm, I'm always down for him to do stuff, but I feel like a interesting pick would be something more like, honestly, like a Gordy Hobb even. I know his name comes up a lot. I'm not always in line with that, but I think that if you're going to give him a project, I think this would be a good one for him. Um, who I'm, gonna, I'm drawing a blank on her name right now. Let me look somebody up real quick. There's another one I think would be good. Uh, okay. Pinar Toprak. If I hope I said that right. If she oh, yeah, from um from Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, yeah. If she does it, I think I would actually be very down for that too. Um so I'll go with one of those for my likely scenarios of who I want to do it. I'm open to being surprised. Uh, my favorite ever option is Alan Silvestri. What do you think? Alan Silvestri would be good. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, um, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, I think Pal could be a possibility, although that seems like a big enough name at this point that um, they would have announced it by now. But again, we haven't got the announcement for, for John Williams yet either. Yeah, but I also feel like if Jump Hell is going to do a Disney Plus show, it's got to be the Lando one, right? Because there's somewhat working on that. Um, Donald Glover said that. Was it Jimmy Kimmel? I think he was on not that long ago, and he made some sort of reference to kind of getting the gears rolling on the Lando shows kind of soon. So I think he'd be more likely to do that. Not that he has to, but more likely. Then, if they're saving Giacchino for anything, would they be saving him for Rogue One? The uh, Andor? Sorry, series? Andor. I, you know, I saw a name associated. Did, have they announced that one? I, there's a name I have associated with Andor, and because it, it wasn't him, and I'm trying to remember if they announced it officially, if it was like a leak or what. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Okay, 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 okay. What is this? What are you looking for? Name of somebody who's doing music for. Yeah, it looks like it's not official, but I did see a name, and I I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. It was a guy. He. Uh, let me go to IMDb see if he's there. Not that one guy who who started to fool us, right? <laughs> remember that? Remember that kid? Oh, God. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, That's... that was a pretty funny story. I don't even know if we said it to anybody. I don't remember if it... we did or not. So there was, I think it was for Resistance, right? I think so. I think either Resistance or Bad, but I think it was Resistance. Yeah. It had to be resistance. There was a guy who was uh, Tim and I started seeing him online talking about recording music for resistance, and he seemed like he had, you know, 
uh, enough going on that uh, this could possibly be true. And we just we started following him. We were going to have an interview with him, but then we started checking with some representatives of Lucasfilm. Like this, this, and the kid was young, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we're checking with Lucasfilm, saying, "Is this person recording music for Resistance?" Because something seems a little bit off. We just want to verify, and then they're like, "No, we've never heard of this person whatsoever." Yep. So it's like, okay, well, never mind, never mind that. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, I did find the name why I was thinking you, why of. Why would you lie about that? Why would you lie about that? Though? Yeah, I. It's I don't know. You're bored so on like the weekend. You're, like your 200 followers, it's like. Bleh. Okay. You, again, you'd be surprised the things that some people do when they're bored on a weekend, you know? Yeah, I've never decided to say I'm, you know, writing music for, for Star Wars or even in a Star Wars film, but okay. Uh, I believe you. So so this is what's interesting. Um, like I said, I did find the name for the person I was thinking of who's doing the indoor soundtrack, and this has not been announced is my understanding, but it is... Uh, reported, and I, this is one of those names I know it when I see it, and I never had to actually say it before, so I might be saying it wrong. I don't know, but Nicholas Brittel or Brittle Brittel, I think it's Brittel. Uh, and what? Like he's uh, wh- what's he from? He has done the soundtracks for Succession, Moonlight, uh, oh, The Big I Short. Didn't hear that. Yeah. Uh, don't look. Don't look up. Put it this way. Succession. If you've never seen it, I don't know if you've seen it or not. It is an amazing show. It is such a good show. The music, though, I I can pick I can picture it off the top of my head, but it's not something I would say yes. This guy would be perfect for Star Wars. Um, well, kind of jazzy. What's interesting is that it looks like his actual composing credits um, haven't really like he hasn't had like a decade long career. Like it's really started picking up in the past. He did things early on. But it's real. There were shorts and documentaries. His actual like full on production started really just a couple of years ago. Uh, but for the music department, he's worked as an orchestrator or additional music or things like that on some bigger things like Cruella and Twelve Years a Slave and some stuff like that. So, okay. Uh, I, you know, I, I suppose along the same token, though, um, would you have thought that the guy who who did the music for Community would have been so good at Black Panther, been so good at, you know... Yeah, that's a good point. Mandalorian. You know, if you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Ludwig Gorenson. Right. He was just basically doing stuff with... Uh, with uh... See, why wouldn't he do Lando? Honestly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he, did the, he, did, he did the music for, you know, uh, Childish Gambino with... Uh, um, Donald Glover. So if anybody's doing a Lando show, I could almost see it being him. Yeah, and, and that could really work too. Oh, it absolutely work. Or at least create some themes and have because uh, because the you know Boba Fett when when they originally announced the person doing the the score for it, I was like, who's this guy? Yeah, but turns turns out he was just as involved from the beginning with you know uh, Gorenson. Yeah. Um, was sort of like his right hand man, so to speak, and so this was his time to shine. Right. So I, I could see I could see either one of them doing it. To be honest. Well, something that I think is interesting, though, if you look on the and you know, this is IMDb, so 
But if you look at the IMDb page for Kenobi, the series music, all six episodes, John Williams, it says. Imagine, can you imagine that? He's 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 just out right now conducting concerts and having a great time. They're putting out album after album. I don't know if you've been uh, getting them or if you have iTunes or not, but it seems like every three months there's a new John Williams album that comes out, and it's just him in Vienna, him in, you know, Switzerland or something. I don't know. It, it's always something something different. Sadly, they're not changing up much of the music that they're actually recording. Yeah. There's only so many times I can hear uh, uh I God, I like the movie, but I'm I'm pretty tired of uh of anything from Adventures of Tintin at this point. Right. Or Warhorse. As much as I liked Warhorse, I'm kinda over having that being on every modern John Williams compilation. See, and and something that again is is just really interesting to me <laughs> with this. Uh there was, I think it was a violinist who posted something on Instagram about how she got to meet John Williams as he was. I think she posted pictures too. Did she uh, about like for like the day he was recording something for like a project far, far away for that day or something that would indicate to me that it's just the theme or the titles, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, unless they, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I keep looking to see if anybody's, you know, posting anything about recording anything, but even the sources, people that I know kind of in the industry, um, yeah. I'm not really, I'm not really connected to those people as much anymore. Um, I haven't seen anything from them either. Yeah. You know, and they had, they had secret video, you know, that I, that I saw parts of to where they captured Williams recording the Force Awakens uh, trailer. So it's like, Right. Okay. They obviously know somebody, but I don't know. I, it, it, I they can't be waiting until uh celebration because it premieres that weekend. Have, move off, though, I think. Having said that, <laughs> yes. uh, what do you think about them announcing? I, I, well, uh, what do you think about them announcing who's going to do the soundtrack at Celebration? But then I realized at the same time, I mean, that's not the type of announcement they usually say for Celebration. But it could be like, you know, a Kenobi panel and they're like, oh, and by the way, so-and-so is doing the music. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Celebration starts on a Thursday or a Friday. Oh, wait. It's, it's, it's a... Yeah, I'm like, that'll be at the same time it premieres, right? Yeah, I mean, they moved they moved it till till Friday. Right, 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 right. And is that midnight Pacific time? So, you know, people standing in line will start watching it in line at uh, Celebration. If right. it's anything like, you know, last time. They haven't even announced all the panels yet. Yeah. Okay, now this... I'm, I'm, how, yeah. how, how much do we, like... How much do we trust IMDb? Because, like, I know it's, it's had some up and down track record with information but like it says series produced by and it says kathleen kennedy one episode no it, it, it's got to no. be all six right yeah it's got to be all six does it have the list of the writers because i saw that uh let me let me look series writing credits they got a bunch you got the joby Harold, Stuart Beatty. okay uh, based on characters created by George Lucas. Uh, a couple other people. 
Andrew Stanton's there for one episode, which I, I did that see that. Is, that one's interesting to me. I'm trying to figure that one out because I'm I'm assuming that that most of the other stuff where you've got the uh, what was the one guy? Na- tell me the names of the people besides Stuart Beatty. I know there's Stuart Beatty, Joby Harold, and then the other guy. There's another guy. Uh, Hossein Amini. Okay, so so his stuff was pretty much, I think, jettisoned for the most part. He was the guy that came in um, right before Joby Harold. But I mm. think contractually, they probably... Um, like Colin Trevorrow for Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, yeah, or... Who was the other one? Anyway, there's always a situation where just because a person doesn't... If, if, you, if you do a, a treatment to where he's on... He's on Tatooine, and he's running from, you know... Jedi killers. Well, then technically you've contributed something if somebody brings the same idea to the story. Well, because like Even my, that's the only way the story can go. You probably heard the same thing, but my understanding was that the main reason they kind of ditched the scripts he had originally written and then brought in the new people for the new and current scripts was because it was too similar to the Mandalorian with yeah, what it was originally. I don't, that, I don't. I don't believe that at all. Yeah. Nope. Don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't even remember where I heard that. It was just something I read at some point. <laughs> yeah, no, I know which one. I know which one you're talking about, and uh, that's the same one that said um, that uh, Darth Maul was going to be in it. Oh, is, okay. Well, then, yeah, never mind. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, and and that uh, uh, Dave Filoni got involved with uh, John Favreau and told Deborah Chow to go big. And even even Pablo Hidalgo came out and said, uh, "Yeah, you know <laughs> that thing's a bunch of garbage." That news report. Yeah, I remember him saying that. Like it, they really never did have any plans, even conceptually, for Maul to be in it. I mean, you never you never know because that's the that's the thing about um, you know, I guess concept art is there were reports. I and I think you probably remember it where there was reports of Darth Vader somehow or somebody wearing Darth Vader's costume being yeah. in the Force Awakens. But that's just because they put Darth Vader as a placeholder uh in the concept art for for the for the villain. And so when people saw that and it leaked, they're like, Darth Vader's in it. It's like, no, he's right, not. Right. I mean nobody knew until later that it was just a placeholder. So I would be surprised, you know, if you have a Maul maybe as a placeholder, but still I don't I don't sure. think so. Yeah, I I don't uh for multiple reasons I'm pretty sure that's not the case. Like I would be very surprised if he is in the show. Yeah. It Yeah, I'd be very surprised too. I, I don't you talking about Maul? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he is. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> um anyway, uh I also I do just want to take a second cuz yeah, we we kind of Went went down this uh, rabbit hole, which is perfectly understandable. Uh, but the main thing that we wanted to accomplish today, though, was we were go- since this was totally uh, not planned at all, uh, was to talk about the book of Boba Fett and kind of give us some recaps or thoughts, or whatever about that. Now that that series is done, um, I will go ahead and say just real quick uh, plans for where we are with everything right now. Again, things got kind of derailed for a while there. Um, in fact, we had um, we were really kind of going strong for a bit, and then uh, 
shortly, like within days, I think, of the last time that we talked and did a podcast episode. Um, yeah, things went downhill real quick. I ended up personally, I was in the hospital for a few days. Um, again, everything's fine. We're all good now. But the point is, things got really, really derailed. And now we are going to be having episodes as we move forward, especially with like Kenobi uh, coming up here pretty soon. We're going to try to keep up with that as best as we can. Um, but the main thing I want to let you guys know is that it's not going to be exactly the same like it was before mainly because I cannot keep up with it <laughs> like it used to be uh, for the production side. So, for example, on average, every hour that we would have of recorded time, it would be double for editing. So if we had an hour of show, it would take me two hours to edit and post or, or do the production side. Sometimes we'd have an episode that would be pushing two hours and therefore be pushing four hours of production side of it to get it out. And I cannot commit to that anymore so hopefully on your end like this this one you're listening to right now um this is the same type of quality and uh how it's going to be in the future so hopefully you don't notice that much of a difference and hopefully it's a perfectly fine experience for you um please let me know i I am curious it's not going to (laughs) change anything but i'm curious uh to know if it's the same or not um but yeah so we're going to be keep doing stuff here. We're going to try to keep up with Kenobi and at this rough quality level. So I just want to let you guys know that now is like a you know baseline for us moving forward. Um, but in the meantime, while we were gone, we did have the Book of Boba Fett happen. All was it seven episodes of that? I think that, yeah, it was seven. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we don't have to go through each one by one, but just as an overall experience with this mini series, how did you feel about it? What did you like or dislike about it? Just talk to me about the show. So for me personally, I had no issues whatsoever with um, the story uh, at all. I loved what they did. There's obviously things that, you know, when you start, I mean, you and I, when we started talking about rise of Skywalker, we had all these things like, wouldn't it be cool if they did this? And wouldn't it be great if they did that? So for me, it's like, Oh, the bounty hunters are going to come in and he's going to go and like, Bill Bill start writing people out of his book, you know, and I'm getting this guy and getting this guy. And for me, I could have been content with having a full series that ended with him taking the throne of Jabba the Hut. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would have been perfectly fine with that. And then, you know, season two is now this side of it. Um, but for me, you know, obviously I would have loved to see Bosk and, and IG-88 and Dengar and all yeah. that. Because those were the things as a kid growing up, you know, in the time of, you know, I was born in 73. So, and I saw Star Wars in the theater. But the one that, that my memory, you know, is is of Empire Strikes Back. My favorite characters are Yoda and, and, and Boba Fett. Everybody, um, so- kept, no, everybody kept waiting for Dengar to show up in this show. I remember seeing that like every week. One of the things like you're not online as much as you used to be. Yeah. (laughs) And so, and so all these sites have started, you know, there's so many people who are in the, in the rumor game and the spoiler game now. And it's really just, Oh, you don't even, you don't even know. And it's, it's laughable how bad they are at it because, you know, there was, there was the one the other day that the guy's like, you know, Marvel stepped in and, uh, sorry, Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios stepped in and changed the the uh, end credit sequence for Morbius, and which is why it's different. And it's like, listen, guy, 
you have no idea about how things work because Sony owns Spider-Man. Sony owns the rights to do anything live action with Spider-Man and all its characters. Yeah. So Marvel cannot come in and tell Sony what to do. The only reason we even have, you know, Spider-Man in the MCU in an agreement is because they wanted, you know, to let Kevin Feige and his people, they basically hired him to produce three movies, which is why it's, it's really good and it fits so perfectly within it. But, you know, for you to say that's a spoiler means you have no clue about the business side of it. And so you're just making crap, you know, you're, you're, the, you're the Mike Zero. Baby. There's so many Mike Zeros popping up. Well, um, that's just crazy to me because I feel like at the end of the day, there's only, I'll say, four, maybe four sources of information relating to Star Wars who are actually legitimately, like, verified or, or trustable when, when they come out with something everybody else even if they get stuff right sometimes they're still not uh people i would go to as a legitimate source of information so if that's the case and i feel like that should be pretty well known why does everybody else keep trying to become the next one when they don't even have anything in the first place well without getting into too much detail everybody wants to discount uh you, you know Everybody wants to discount or or shut down anything Jason at making Star Wars says, but you know, love him, hate him, don't give a crap one way or another. He He's is not wrong in his spoilers, right? Yeah. And so, and so the thing is, is that they they ignore that, and then you start getting stuff on Reddit, which I was reading the synopsis of uh, of um, Book of Boba Fett, and it was like. You know, there was there was definitely some some possibilities to it, but it got to the point that it was like, and then Rex shows up and right, tell and tells uh, and tells Boba Fett, you know, that Mando might need him, and then he goes away, and it's like, what does that even mean? You know, <laughs> yeah. If you know enough to say that shows up, well, why would Rex even bother going to see Mando? Yeah. He, I mean, going to see Boba Fett, and there's just these, you know, and then it was uh, who it came, comes at the boss shows up at the end for a big fight, but they had stuff like, you know, Black Chrysanthemum shows up and the Ranker shows up, and I, and I think that was rumors that people had already thrown out there or that there were some legit rumors, so somebody just ran with it. Yeah. And then it was, and then it was Akira was going to show up and she was going to be um, the... Uh, the big bad above above the pikes which i i did i did hear that one Uh, yeah i don't i didn't expect it to happen i read that i'm kind of like okay this is somebody's like you know fan dream or whatever but i do remember hearing that she would show up and and like you said almost like the uh finale boss that they had to overcome somehow for the grand finale and yeah and just you know looking at it all there wasn't really the over you know it's the overarching or overarching um, you know, I've been confused on that before too. I think it's overarching. I think. I, I wonder if it's one of those things Wait, where it's like, hold in, on. In England, it's overarching. I'm gonna look it up. In the United States, it's overarching. Either way, storyline. You can look it up. Like, overarching. The storyline. Nobody okay. really had the the total storyline together. So what I did, um, you cannot hear this right now, but the recording does. I have the dictionary doc, or is it dictionary.com? I don't know. I have Google speaking it for us. Um, and is it? What is it? Overarching. 
She says overarching. I feel so betrayed. <laughs> uh, and never say that. What, what's, yeah. a, what's an arch? I, I know what a story arc is, but you know, it, what's a story arch? Whatever. Well, okay, it, it says well, for the definition, it says comprehensive, all-embracing, forming an arch over something. Okay, well, you know. Hold on. I gotta go see what's going on. Oh, damn. A big snow. It's still snowing in... in uh, Wait, really? Where I'm at. Yeah, oh, yeah. We had a huge snow snowstorm. Oh, that's cool. I mean, it, it melted quick, but the mountains right near me are gorgeous. So, real... We're, we're hitting a cold spell. Sorry. No, I was like, real quick, directing uh, for the show. Anybody stand out to you that you did like or did not? Are you really gonna go there? Yes. Yeah. Um. Oh boy. Uh, I at this point I blame I blame the I blame COVID and I blame the pandemic and I blame the special effects. Um, and I blame Robert Rodriguez. You know, <laughs> he's he's a he's a good director. I don't. Again, I don't have a problem with the story at all. Yeah. Uh, some of his some of his episodes, specifically the the you know Vespa biker gang, was was not my cup of tea as far as the special effects go. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I that I honestly wonder if there are so many shows being produced, you know, um, shows, movies that 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 special effects houses are stretched thin and that perhaps, you know, some of the people doing these special effects are, are the, the D team, not the A, B or C team. It's the D team, you know, cause you always look, when you look at, um, you know, movie credits, you're like, Oh, it's, it's special effects by industrial light and magic. But then you're looking, you go, well, what's that team? It'll say some random special effects house somewhere. And and I wonder if that was the case, you know, I, I remember somebody saying, uh, or there was pictures of, they filmed part of um, the Sand People's encampment was in like a parking lot in, in, uh, in Carson, right? Yeah. They put sand in the parking lot and they filmed it there. And it's like, that's just, I don't know what you're going for, but, but the skies are different in, in Southern California, especially in Carson. Carson is industrial. Carson is, you know, oil refineries. I, I had relatives or my wife's relatives who lived in Carson. Um, and it's just like there's a ton of uh, oil refineries. It's, so, uh, it's uh, south of Los Angeles. It's very gritty, very dirty. And I honestly think that, that some of these places that they're filming these shows, um, God, Tatooine just doesn't look that good when it's filmed in places like that. You know, I, I didn't really like the look of Moss Eisley for Boba Fett, you know, in the town. I thought I thought it looked kind of weak. You know, I, I don't think I I love the show. Two Gamorrean guards though. So uh, honestly, for like I get what you're saying. The thing for me is even within the confines of the show itself. Not necessarily saying that it could have been better if they had done this instead, but just I feel like every 
and and this may not be true, but for the purposes of comparison, I feel like every director was given the same set of tools to work with for this show. And I know they had different budgets or something, I'm sure. But my point is, it's not like one was working on Mandalorian and one was working on this. Like, it's the same show that you're working on. And even then, like, for me, the directing job that Dave Filoni did was fantastic. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's episode I thought was really, really good, uh, uh, directing-wise, yeah, right? Yeah, but she, she didn't get stuck with that. So so for Bryce Dallas Howard, it was – and it was, that was an amazing episode. We we could talk about the idea that it turned into a Mandalorian show uh, for two episodes, but right. you know it's all it's all special effects for that that ring planet or whatever. Yeah, you know, and, and then when he gets to Tatooine, it's in the same little you know uh, uh, what's her name, whatever the lady's name is. It's her little her little landing platform area, and so and then everything else is special effects. You okay, know, okay, he, but like Dave Filoni though, all right, Dave Filoni's episode. Look, forget about all of it, which except for. Is this? Uh, the the one with the stranger comes from a distant whatever the when Cad Bane shows up for the first time. Yeah, but okay, I'm sorry though, but but Mos Pelgo does not look like it should. No, 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 it it in doesn't, my- it doesn't. But hear me out though. In my opinion, even though it doesn't look like it should, the directing job that was done for that episode and Mos Pelgo there was, to me, a lot better than it was in some of the other episodes. I'm I'm gonna agree with you, but at the same time, Robert Rodriguez got stuck with the majority of the uh, Moss Eisley stuff. And again, you know, it, it's one of those things to where, like, you know, when you look at the the Fellowship of the Rings, right? Yeah. You look at the op- you look at the opening sequence, and they had the giant battle, and all these computer animated characters are in the background. It's almost like they didn't have time to do that for some of this stuff. Yeah, if you're fighting the if you're fighting the pikes, you've got two Gamorrean guards on the cliff. You've got four like you know I don't know what they are Vespa riders over here, and then you've got you know Black Chrysanthemum. It's it's like they didn't have the budget or didn't think they needed to populate the city. You know, it's just what it, it felt like. Yeah, they they could have went bigger with with the crowds and they could have went bigger with this. And and it, and I think going small on some of that stuff made it feel small, but again, storyline for me is fine. I have no issue with the story. I have issues with what you're looking in the background. And that's some of the things that I worry about when I see Obi-Wan, you know, there, there's a, there's a picture in the trailer where it's like, he's on, what is it? Um, he's on a, uh, train an, an, an open ceiling train it, it's a, yeah. it's a convertible train and traveling into i guess Mos Eisley, i don't know looks cheap to me you know and i'm wondering if it's going to have the same effect you, you know I, I think i think this they're saving money and they're going low budget by filming in manhattan beach california and all that but i think unless you start really changing up Manhattan Beach works better, and and the volume works better when it's that otherworldly atmosphere. But if you're just doing Moss Eisley and Tatooine, I don't think it works that good. Well, at the same time, though, we have to take into consideration that, like, Andor, for example, we know that they have some fully fleshed out sets, and they also use the volume pretty well, right? Right. Uh Kenobi, from my understanding, I'm not as sure about the sets for that one as we were for Andor, but I'm, it's my understanding, they use the volume pretty well for that too. 
uh, I don't know if I see the Book of Boba Fett's limitations being like, if they could have done the same thing in, in a rough I know it was filmed first but it was roughly kind of the same time frame and they still could have used the volume more than they seem to have or just used it differently or something I, I don't know I'm not trying to be super critical I enjoyed the show um, I just like, where they use the volume for the the Mandalorian episodes? I mean, uh, Mandalorian the the <laughs> episode with the Mandalorian. I mean, it's probably the one that felt different from the rest, yeah, scale wise. It did, but also it's a it's a completely alien environment we're not used to. But I also wonder if it was in uh, to an extent a creative decision to make it feel small scale. It's po- okay. It's possible. Uh, you know, and 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 you know, you look at you look at some of uh, Rodriguez's stuff like Spy Kids, and you're like, eh. but then you look at what he did with with James Cameron for Alita: Battle Angel, and that's that's an amazing movie as far as special effects go. I like the movie quite a bit, um, but you know, I know he's capable of doing movies with great special effects. It's just were they were they constricted for time? Did they have you know uh, with with COVID going on? And shutdowns, did they not get to do what they wanted to do? We, we may never know what the situation is, but there's clearly a, a reason why the live action stuff or the stuff that looked like where it was filmed in actual sets in yeah. California doesn't look all that good to me. Yeah. I, and I will say, too, I think the, the biggest quote unquote complaint that I've heard about the show was, and I cannot remember the names, but the like, were it mods? Is that what they were called? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. The whole thing surrounding the mods and like their speeder bikes and that kind of stuff, that was handily, from my experience, the most complained about thing I heard. Yeah, the one episode specifically, yeah. Yeah, and I don't entirely disagree. Again, I like the show, and I'm not trying to be super critical or be like, yeah, that was a mistake, because I'm not trying to do that here. But that was the part I kind of had the, the, the hardest time just flat out accepting or, or going with at one point, one of them that I forget which episode it was in, but he like goes to the ground to shoot. And he just does like a completely needless spin on his way to the ground just yeah, to like look cool. That's all, that's all sort of action films. I don't, I don't, but you know, yes, yes, yes. But depending on how you frame it and how you do it and the way they that it pulled it out, though. they pulled it out. They made a meme out of it, you know, but I mean, you can do that with most of the, the part of the show that they're in. You can't really do Boba Fett doing that the same way in the same show and have it be the same kind of cheesy. I don't know. I'm just saying, again, I, I still like the show, but I'm just saying that was the, the toughest part for me to kind of work with. The rest of it I thought was um, really uh, solid, enjoyable. I looked forward to it every week. You know, Dude, I got I got Boba Fett riding a rancor. How can I? How can I hate the show? Uh, you know, I was waiting for that. I was gonna, like, we got to get you to talk about that for a second. Oh, it's fantastic! And, and you know, somebody somebody mentioned there's a rancor in it, and Boba rides it. And I was like, well, this show's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. Yeah. The only thing, you know, let, let me. I love the show. I hope to make another, and I hope that uh, they can do it when there's not, you know, potentially any constraints. Some of the things that I saw people complain about, and and I think it's just the way things are nowadays, is he had his mask off too much, right? Was was one of the complaints. Okay. Um, but if you look at, you know, I don't know if you started watching Halo, the series. It's a, it's the same situation. Master Chief has his his helmet off at the top. 
I've heard people uh, complain that it's off a lot, but I haven't. Uh, I don't know how much of it is spent off. Well, but but if you notice that when we watch, you know, like uh, the Avengers movies, Captain America always tends to have his mask off. Yeah. You know, and and when you watch uh, when you watch the Spider-Man films, towards the end of the Spider-Man films, when there's a final battle, whether it's the Sam Raimi ones, you know, with Tobey Maguire or the Andrew Garfield ones, he always has his mask off. You know, so people can see him emote. Same thing with uh, with Tom Holland. It's just you it's watch, common nowadays that you know you what, watch the but, Star Wars sequel movies, and most of the time, Kylo Ren has his helmet off. Like it's just yeah, it's how it works. Right. They they don't do, they don't do it anymore to where it's like this person has a helmet on and and I get that you know Boba Fett is well but bad again char- it's a bad a character but still they've they've got a you've got Tamir Morrison in there for a reason. Here's the thing: when Boba Fett was in the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, did we need to know what emotions he was experiencing? No. Okay. When Boba Fett is a star of the Book of Boba Fett, do we need to know what emotions he's experiencing? Yes. Okay, so that explains it. Yep. Right. So, I mean, that's what it comes was, down to. No, I agree with you. I mean, there was there was that complaint, and then there was the other complaint about um. I mean, and this one I honestly agree with. I don't have a problem that um they resolved quote unquote the Grogu situation so quickly. Um, you know what I mean? Like you have the ending of Mandalorian season two where he goes with Luke Skywalker, and then bam, you know. That's one of the things I was going to ask you about was how you felt about that. I don't have a pro- I don't have a problem with it. I'm really curious though, since Dave Filoni wrote that episode, I think I felt like Luke was out of character a little bit, or that he didn't he was completely forgetting what he's learned, um, and what helped him defeat, you know, Darth Vader. His attachment to his father, and you know, I got into a disagreement with this, but uh, you know, his attachment to his sister almost sent him to the dark side. Right. When when Vader was threatening to uh, um, turn her, you know, to turn her, yeah. But his att- his attachment to his father and trying to turn him back from the dark side is what made him, you know, able to to help uh, uh, defeat the Emperor. Well, for now, anyways. But you know, I I trust Dave Filoni, so it's like whatever he used that reason, whatever reasoning he has for Grogu going with, you know. Um, the Mandalorian and Luke kind of being, you know, who's this one or this one, I don't have a problem with. But the idea that if you're just watching Mandalorian, you won't have any clue what happens when you come back to uh, season three and they're together again. That I don't know. That might be on purpose, though, because we've heard about how they're trying to turn the Disney Plus Star Wars shows into like an MCU thing where they're all connected. So... I would assume it's on purpose for that reason. Well, yeah, he he had said at some point that you know uh, Boba Fett, is, Boba, Book of Boba Fett is really Mandalorian season two point five, yeah. and everybody seemed to forget that and they got right. and they got butt hurt <laughs> about it. Right, but you know if you're just if you're not interested in watching Boba Fett, then you won't understand a uh, an important point. But I don't really have any problem with that. What about the uh, Naboo Starfighter? Loved it. Loved it. I Any, am all on board. Yeah, absolutely great choice. Like, great not, choice. The, the thing to me, like, there is a whole, as everybody knows, there's a whole bunch of new aesthetic that came with uh, Phantom Menace, right? Uh, and yep. to me, I'm I'm actively thinking here. 
I want to say that the N one Starfighter might have been my favorite of like the new aesthetic to the prequels. Like when when oh, episode yeah. one came out, like it's fantastic. So having that here was that, great. That and the and the uh, uh, I don't know what they're considered, but uh, the gunships, you know, from uh, the Trade Federation. Yeah. Start, the oh 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 the clones start. Yeah. yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, all yeah I agree. Stuff, all that stuff's good. But yeah, I, I, I have no, you know, I was, I was satisfied with the way it ended. I, I think that in some instances, though, the special effects were too small. It didn't feel grand enough. You know, when, when you see when you're in, in uh, Jabba's palace, it, you know, in fact, it even go, it even goes back to I think the end of Mandalorian, when when um, Boba comes in to the throne room and Bib Fortuna's sitting on it, that doesn't feel as grand or as populated as it did in return of the jedi yeah yeah i think that's on purpose well okay but you would think that they'd have it you know whenever they showed the the throne room and it's boba fett and there's like five people that's it yeah, I, I feel like when it was still Bib Fortuna, that was on purpose because they were trying to demonstrate that he is not an appropriate successor to Jabba and it's gone downhill since he took over. But I also get what you're saying that early on in this show, Boba Fett, okay, congrats, you have control now. Uh, it should, over the course of those seven episodes, uh, increase and build up to kind of show he's restoring it. But yeah, because how are you going to hold it with like three people in, in your whole, uh, you know, in your whole palace? Yeah. that's the thing just cgi some more people or something you know <laughs> cgi more than two gamorian guards well and speaking of cg that was kind of the next thing i was going to ask you about is the luke uh the the entirety of his voice his appearance um between mandalorian to now how, how do you feel about that look great yeah look great no issues with that whatsoever I thought it was really, really good. There were there was one a sentence here and there. Now and again, the way that they did the voice was amazing. For anybody who doesn't know, they basically um, have software that processes a bunch of lines from uh, Luke in the original trilogy or Mark Hamill from the originals, and you can basically synthesize sentences from that. Is essentially at, at a basic level how that works. So there were some times where there were some sentences that you you know. It sounds like him to the ear, but the emotion of it wasn't quite the same like you would want it to be. Um, that's getting really picky. Um, but uh, it's just a couple times he say something, and I'm like, eh, that seems kind of off. But for the most part, especially considering what they're doing here, you know, they're putting Luke from 30, 40 years ago into a modern day thing. Like, that's really, really awesome that we have the technology to do that and have it be passable, you know. Uh, so it was really, really great, and I just have to say, though... Yeah, I mean... Yeah. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, because right, what I was going to say is related, but also slightly off, so go ahead. Okay, so so you look at you look at just a few years back with Rogue One, and how yeah. sort of Princess Leia looked at the end. Hold on, my dogs are just starting to argue. Can you guys get out of the room? Anyways, so you, you look at how Princess Leia looks at already, it's immediately better. You know, you could feasibly guys are killing me. You could feasibly have a show where Han Solo, Lando, all these different people show up, and they kind of look like, you know, right after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. 
I wouldn't want to watch two hours of, of CGI people. But if, you know, if, if all these shows are leading into a larger sort of, um, I'm assuming it's going to be sort of everybody against Thrawn, maybe. That seems to be where it's going. If that's where we're going, suddenly, you know, the, the original Trojan character showing up to help, you know, the New Republic fight Thrawn and his army. It wouldn't look bad if they're, you know, if you got Han Solo CGI'd and all that in, into the spot. You get that, you get the trilogy characters, you know, the original trilogy characters together like you wanted, but didn't get from the sequels. Right. But we'll see. Well, for for my random thing to toss in, I was just going to say one of the, like you have said for a while, the thing you wanted was Boba Fett riding the Rancor and you got that, right? Yeah. So what do you think was, because I don't know if you remember, I've said it before, but uh, the the one thing that I wanted that I got out of this. What do you want you out of this? Played one? No. I don't know. Luke and Ahsoka interacting with each other. Oh, yeah, and, and it's still... Specifically it live action. Right, it Well, I mean, you know, it was good enough for me. <laughs> it, 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 right. No, it's great, but it's clearly not their first meeting. Right, and that's that's a small part of what I like about it, was that it was like a, like a teaser trailer almost for us to find out more about the other interactions that they've had or will have. Because uh, it was, they both indicated that there's a good chance they'll meet again. And like you said, they've already had a discussion by the time that we saw them. So I'm still wanting more. I want to explore this even more if possible. But let's just say that they drop it and never touch it ever again. I still got to see them interact live action. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I thought it was very cool. And I was kind of shocked when it showed up, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, I can't complain. Like I said, if you want to complain that the, you know, this is an episode of Mandalorian, okay, but look what you got. Yeah, it was some you good know, content look, there. Look what you got. You wouldn't have gotten Ahsoka and Luke showing up. You know, if it wasn't for Book of Boba Fett at this point. If they didn't take that detour, you wouldn't have gotten some of the cool stuff. You wouldn't have gotten, you wouldn't have received, I don't know, either way. <laughs> you would, you wouldn't have seen some of the stuff that you saw. Yeah. Well, and, and something else too that I think is going to be surprising to some people if it happens. It may not. I don't know. But just uh, yesterday, uh, did you see uh, Giancarlo Esposito was on a, uh, I think Rich Eisen's show. I think. Did you see that or hear about it? About about uh, in the summer. Yeah, they were talking no, about when uh, Mandalorian season three will happen and uh esposito says pretty pretty confidently like he didn't really hesitate or anything he was like uh, i don't have an exact date but the summer i hope not i really hope not i would be surprised i mean look we got kenobi coming out for six episodes starting at the end of may so that's going to take okay. us into july right okay yeah supposedly andor is supposed to be after that before mandalorian that's going to be how many episodes is that? Let's say it's six, but I thought it was like over 10. I, I thought it was 12. Right. I thought it was like 
a lot of episodes. Yeah. Okay. But let's that's just let's months. just say it's six. I'll look it up in a minute. But yeah. let's just say it's six. Sure. Let's let's say it's eight. So it's two months worth. That that feels that feels at least plausible. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. If they're back to back, that's September. Yeah. Okay. You're missing something. Bad Batch. Yes. But but even then, I'm just saying, even without Bad Batch, that still takes us to September, which is September's not summer. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's after summer. So even right. without the Bad Batch, if Kenobi and Andor, and if Andor is shorter than we think, and they're back to back, like I don't see how this is possible. But he said it very confidently. Oh yeah, I, I thought you were saying it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't see how it's possible either. Oh no, no, I'm agreeing with you. Like I don't know how that would be a thing, and, and I feel like there's no reason for them to kind of rush it there either. Like Mandalorian is a pretty solidly fall slash winter thing so far. So why would you it don't make it a make summer sure thing? Special effects, gorgeous. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. Uh, let's see. Andor. This says is. I know it's one season. Especially if twelve. In the um, it says Andor's twelve, 12 episodes. episodes. Yeah. Uh, so, but this does bring up the other point that you could consider, which is what if they start running Star Wars shows um, concurrently? Well, yeah, I mean they're not even running Star Wars shows really concurrently with uh, with Marvel shows for the most part, right? Are they? No. You're gonna have to at some point. What's next after after Moon Knight for Marvel? Uh, Ms. Marvel. Yes, that's right. Because that's supposed is not that going to be concurrent with Kenobi or no? I think so. I think they might overlap a little bit. They've they've got Ms. Marvel. They've got She Hulk this year. I think they also have um. What else is it? I think they also have maybe a second season of What If. Oh yeah, I heard about that. So probably. You know, and then whatever else is going to get announced as far as Star Wars goes, anything else that's going to get announced at uh, Celebration, so. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. um, There's one thing I just realized we haven't really talked about yet either. So I'm going to bring that up real quick. And then we'll probably be about time. Yeah, we're kind of pushing time anyway. Um, But let me let me just get this is not uh, Star Wars. Um, No Way Home. Like. How would you feel about that? Oh, I thought it was great. That's it. Done. <laughs> well, because like for me, I'm I'm thinking about it here. Uh, prior to seeing No Way Home, my favorite MCU movie thus far was Endgame. After okay. seeing No Way Home, my current M's favorite MCU film is still probably Endgame. But I think No Way Home is probably second behind it. Like I really, really liked it for a few reasons, not just the nostalgia or whatever. Beyond that, I I really liked it, and they might be my top two. I don't see the what there's no, I don't see that being an issue. I could agree with you on that. I for for me though, what's interesting is that I saw it opening weekend, but the crowd, the sold out crowd I was with, they were dead. Oh really? Oh, it was the only one cheering. Oh man! When Andrew Garfield came through, even my son sitting next to me and my daughter sitting next to me. And Andrew Garfield comes through the portal. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no one else is cheering. I'm like, oh boy, okay. And then when Toby McGuire is like, yeah. And then the three of them with the, the three of them come together on screen for the pose. Like, yeah. 
what the hell is wrong with this crowd? I had um, the opposite experience from that. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Like, it was like almost, I don't want to say every little thing, but like, you know, anytime anybody would show up, even like the um, uh, Sandman showing up, right? Like, every time anybody did anything, the place was applauding and like cheering and happy. See, that sounds cool. It was amazing. And particularly when maybe, maybe it's uh, Idaho, man. Maybe it's Idaho. Maybe we're, <laughs> maybe we're, we're too too serious for this, uh, you know. Well, especially when Andrew saved uh, MJ from falling, like that was one of the uh, biggest reactions. Up. Yeah, a lot of like a lot of people here did. Like it was it was great. Choked up, yeah. All, uh, you know, all good stuff. I don't know. I don't know what people had a problem with, but um, you know, I saw it in a good theater too. Yeah, so I don't really know. Yeah, it wasn't. There's one theater real close to me I can't go to anymore, and I don't go because the, everything's too dark, uh, way too dark. Um, so I go to this other one a little bit farther away, but uh, that's where I saw Dune. Oh, oh so delicious, that movie. <laughs> did you see Dune in the theater? Not in the theater. I did see it, but not, I saw it at home. Oh, Tim, Tim, you know, we used to, I think in the very beginning of this podcast, we used to sort of me and you jokingly crap on Hans Zimmer. <laughs> I, I, I take it all back. Uh, I look. All I'm, I'm fine. No, 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 no. I'm fine with him getting the nomination for it. In my personal opinion, between the two, not that I had an issue with Dune, but if he was going to get nominated for something, I would have rather him gotten nominated for No Time to Die than Dune. I haven't seen No Time to Die yet. Because now, now to, to be fair, I, I am a little biased in that because I was, and no offense, I think he's a great composer. No offense to him at all. But when I found out it wasn't freaking Thomas Newman again, I was just really happy that we had a variety for once. Uh, but no, but it was good. I, I really actually uh, liked um, the. I don't want to say new take, but I enjoyed the difference in the music and it was good. It was appropriate for a James Bond movie. Wait, you said you haven't seen No Time to Die? I just processed. You haven't seen that? I haven't seen it yet. No, that's one I didn't get out to see. So that's another one I have some thoughts on when you see it. I haven't haven't even finished Spectre. Okay. When you see it, I have have some thoughts on it because um, I'll just say uh, there's zero story details at all, but I'll just say it was shaping up to be possibly my second favorite James Bond movie of all time. And then they did something with the writing, like the storyline with the writing of it that I just saw as a complete cop out. And there's something oh, else right. I wanted them to do instead. And if they had done what I thought they were going to do, it would have been amazing. Absolutely loved it. And then, the way that what they actually did, I was kind of like, eh, okay, I still like it, but mm-hmm. it was a little disappointing. Well, apparently, it's all coming to Amazon pretty soon, and then next week, Batman's coming uh, a week from today to HBO Max already. Oh wow! Which which I saw, I liked. I uh, am disappointed, you know, as a huge Snyderverse fan, I'm disappointed that um, you can't do both. You know, if you're going to yeah. start this sort of Batman side universe to where everything's more serious, that's fine and fantastic. Why can't you have the Batman where he's surrounded by other superheroes and supervillains, you know? Well, that kind of um, goes over to the rumors about Sony and Marvel with the Spider-Man stuff. Have you been hearing about that? What do you mean? 
there are various rumors about um, Sony reviving the Toby slash Andrew stuff and maybe even the two of them together as like a like they're, which, go ahead that, that would be great I mean they haven't said where Venom and Morbius reside yet you know it's not right. the MCU so is it the Toby verse is it the so, Garfield universe or is it a different one so the, my understanding is that Morbius is Toby and Venom is Andrew but but they they reference each other apparently. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I'm just saying that's that's kind of what I've been hearing. Who knows? But uh, and I think honestly, I think the main reason people said Morbius was Toby is because there is an image of Spider-Man at one point that is an image of Toby, like a Toby suit. Um, if that's right, the right. only reason that they're going with it, then that may not be the like. That may not be the point. It could just be because that's the image that Sony had rights to, <laughs> you know. But I don't know. I mean, we'll see which way they go with it. It, it could be, uh, it could be in the live action version of the Spider Verse with Miles Morales. For all we know. Yeah, I just saw today. I, I saw um, a fan guy doing just spewing opinions on MCU stuff. And he was saying how he thinks uh, Donald Glover should be should play Miles Morales. Is this stupid or what? Uh, well, my main issue with that is I'm like, um, does he know? Like, like does does he know he's already in the MCU? <laughs> As oh, besides even that, does he know that he's way too old? Well, yeah, I mean, sure that that was the second thought I had, but the first thought I had was he's already in the MCU, isn't he, Eric Davis? He's playing his uncle. Yeah, it isn't his uncle's yeah, name Eric Davis? I don't know. Like, because like, right. I, I said it with such confidence that I was hoping I was right. Uh, let me see. No, most most of these characters got introduced. Um, so as I was stopping reading most of Marvel religiously, uh, is when Miles Morales was introduced. So you know, I I know Miles Morales in big terms, not you know specifics. Which is which is crazy. It's like, how have we not had a live action version of Miles Morales at this point? And I don't know if I want Sony to, to handle them. You know, they don't seem to get Aaron Davis. Aaron, it's okay. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's so much stuff coming out, man. I mean, it's. I was I was talking with my mom today about um, you know I, I prefer I love that these shows release once a week because when things drop all at once I don't have the time for all that and and I'm less inclined to watch you know these these ones where eight episodes drop yeah there's there's a there's a really good show on um, at least for me personally it's a really good show on HBO uh, it's Winning Time right it's the, it's the story about the Lakers yeah. It's got John C. Riley. It's really good. Good. If that thing had dropped eight, ten episodes, I probably wouldn't watch it. But the fact that I only have to commit to one episode a week, you know. But there's there's shows that I've loved. Like I still haven't finished The Witcher, the new one. I still haven't finished Last Kingdom, which is a, a show I love. It's very hard to watch these shows on Netflix where they all drop at once. Well, and that's very true, and I think that's a good point to make. And I feel like in addition to that, you have the other point that the fan experience is 
really varied when you do it all at once. Like with Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, you know, I show up to work the next day and everybody's talking about the same episode that we all just watched together. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's different where if you can only watch one episode and then somebody else binged the whole series and like, wait, which did you see? You saw this or you didn't see this part? Okay, well, then this part, you know, it's a little different. And I think the fan experience yeah. is much better at this weekly thing. No, I agree. I I think that's the way everything should go. To be honest, yeah, it's just uh, you know, or, or I don't even mind the let me drop two episodes here or three episodes and then once a week, you know, especially if the three episodes are kind of needed to get an idea for the show. Yeah, um, th- there's a really good show that just came on HBO Max, uh, uh, Tokyo Vice. Uh, it's got uh, Ken Watanabe. It's got Ansel Elgort. Is that his name? Yeah. Um, and it's first episode is directed by Michael Mann, and it's based on a true story about uh, this uh, Gaijin newspaper reporter in Tokyo who's working with, you know, Ken Watanabe in trying to sort of write stories about um, uh, the Yakuza. And so uh-huh. they dropped the first three episodes at once. And honestly, watching the first three episodes, you kind of need it. Okay. You know, because yeah. it ends on a really good cliffhanger. It makes you want to watch it some more. And so I get the idea about that. And then it'll be one every week. Yeah. Um, and it's not released on a Friday. It's not released on a Sunday. It's like every Thursday. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's good. Same thing with Peacemaker. You know, I watched Peacemaker on HBO and they released it the same way once a week. And it was fantastic. Well, I'd, I'd rather have that. Speaking of, because I, I swear at some point we're going to need to end this, but speaking of Ansel Elgort, did you see the Steven Spielberg West Side Story? It was transcendent. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't explain it to you. I thought it was the stupidest idea ever. Uh, and then I watched it. Somehow nobody was around. I started putting the phone down. <laughs> I was, you know, and I, and I like, I like musicals, so I'm not opposed to musicals. I thought it was amazing. Right. I thought it was so good. Everybody was phenomenal. And you look at that and you go, okay, and yeah, this is why Spielberg is Spielberg. Um, but the cast was phenomenal. The, the, the music, obviously the music goes way back, but it was, it's so sad that movies like that don't really get, uh, don't really do any box office anymore. And, well, and speaking of the music, like you saw who was a consultant for it, right? It was uh, uh, Josh. It was, it was it Josh Dudamel? No, Gustavo Dudamel did the conducting. I'm sorry, Gustavo Dudamel did the conducting, but what's his name was? David Newman did the orchestrations, or the, or, sorry, the arrangement, rather. Um, Gustavo did did the conducting and then the consultant slash some of the orchestrations was John Williams. Uh, well then, you know, you've got three phenomenal yeah. you know, uh, musicians right there. Yeah. Uh, so the thing for me, um, I, when they first announced, like I saw a headline saying West Side Story is being remade. My first reaction is, oh no, because that is, uh, I don't know how to put it. I'll, I'll just say it's kind of untouchable. Um, for where I come from, <laughs> I'll put it that way. Well, well like for, for me, for me, if they said you were remaking Singing in the Rain, I'd be like, oh my god, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, and, and it's partially just because of you know family stuff or whatever. But that that's one of those it's slash. It's just a classic anyway. But it's one of those things where you're like, okay, great, they're gonna mess it up, and of all the things to mess up, you're gonna mess that up. And I click it just to curious, like, what are they doing? And I read one of the first things I see is Steven Spielberg. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I have a little bit of faith now. I still like, I'm still a little hesitant, but at least I, like I'll I'll watch it. I would have avoided it before, but if he's doing it, I'll watch it. So. Um, yeah, so I saw it uh, uh, at this point. It's probably like a month ago, actually. Um, relatively recently, I saw it. And uh, yeah, like, uh, holy crap, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, it, it, like, any given point of that movie, I feel like it's the best scene <laughs> of the movie. Yes. And I had a friend who saw it when it was in theaters and he told me afterward, he's like, Steven Spielberg puts on a clinic of filmmaking. And I'm like, okay, he does that a lot though, or whatever. But like, no, like, like, like watching this and I don't say this lightly and I'm sure there's going to be people who will heavily disagree with me, but I genuinely feel like it is the best directing job of his career. Not story writing, not, you know, storytelling even, but just like pure technical directing. I don't think he's done anything that, again, at like a technical level, beats Maybe, this. I don't know. I'm going to just say okay and and move on because we can spend all day uh, debating, you know, uh, what's his best directed film, technical directed film. Uh, but I will say something else. Um, I don't know what it is with musicals and me lately. Uh, there was another one that I saw that had the same sort of impact on me, but it wasn't as well directed, but it was amazingly, it was acted so well. Yeah. It was the, uh, the one with Andrew Garfield on Netflix. Uh, a tick, tick, boom. Tick, tick. Yo, it was amazing. I watched same thing. I watched that too around the same time, actually. And I was like, okay, I'm only watching this because of Andrew Garfield. I think he's a great right. actor. So I'll watch it for him. And then like 20 minutes into it, I was like, yo, this is really good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really into this. I- I was sitting there with my daughter because for whatever reason, we put on the one in the Heights. We seem to put on these musicals because we're the only two people in the house that, that can actually stomach musicals. And uh, boy, that one was so good. And, uh, and yeah. I was captivated. I was into the story. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I've, I haven't given it, uh, been giving uh, musicals enough credit. But yeah, this stuff's been good. Well, what did you think about La La Land? I didn't see it. Okay. get into it in the beginning. Okay, because... When that came out, everybody was just singing its praises as like finally musicals are back and all this. And I saw it and it was okay. But I thought it personally, I thought it was way overrated. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe they just can't make them like they used to kind of thing. But West Side Story is again it's one it feels like it's one of the best things I've ever seen. And um Yeah, I would agree with you. And yeah, Tick Tick Boom was absolutely amazing. And Andrew Gar I thought it was hilarious his story, because Andrew Garfield, uh got the role because a friend of his was like, yeah, he can sing. And then he called him later. He's like, Hey, great. Well, yeah, but he called him. He's like, Hey, can you sing by the way? And he was like, um, I guess. And he like took some singing lessons and stuff, <laughs> but he did a great job. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I was, I was completely sort of floored by that one. It, it sh- I didn't think it would be that good. And I didn't even, it wasn't on one of those things where, Oh, I'd like to watch this. It was just like, Oh, let me see what this is about because I like him as Spider-Man and he's in Spider-Man and, yeah, pretty crazy. Did you watch that MMA Smith versus Rock? I mean, um, the Oscars this year. Did you watch that? <laughs> yeah, uh, I just saw that part only. Okay, because yeah, so I did the same thing like we always do, where I watched all the movies that were nominated for stuff, and then 
you know, watch the Oscars and all that kind of stuff. Uh, anyway, the at the end of the day, from the ones that were nominated, to me, some of them were better than others, but the only two that I personally felt should have won Best Picture were either West Side Story or Coda. Um, the rest of them, again, varying levels of good. Some I liked, some I didn't, but I was like, those one of those two should win. And I was actually really surprised because Coda did win uh, for the Best Picture. Uh, I think it was nominated for three things, and it won all three. It is. It. It, it's only. It's exclusively on Apple TV Plus, which I did not have, and I think I don't again. I just got the free trial so I could watch it. Um, but I have it. I have it. Oh, you do? Okay, I do recommend it because I thought it. it was really good. And and here's the thing. I know you want to go, or not want to go, but you explained how it takes a long time to edit this, and uh, you know we're growing older and we have less time for things, <laughs> but. Uh, there is a show coming to. It, this looks like it should be right up your alley, Tim. Okay. Um, Prehistoric Planet. Yes. No. Familiar with it? No, I'm not familiar with it. It is made by the people who did Planet Earth. Okay. Okay. Let's get that right out of the way. It is dinosaurs. So it's acting like you're watching dinosaurs in their native habitat. Okay. Let's get that out of the way. It's narrated by. Come on, Tim. I am waiting. <laughs> Richard Attenborough. Okay. It's your guy from Jurassic Park. I mean, no, like that. That's great. I'm excited about uh, that. I don't know. No, no I, are you done? I don't know why. I was expecting something very different because to me, I was already thinking that because of David Attenborough, right? So I'm like, I guess it's going to be, but I'm like, I don't know. With this buildup, I feel like he's going to say like, you know, Samuel L. No. Jackson or something random like that. No, that would be weird. Instead, it would be. It's, it's, it's what's his name from, I can't even remember his name from, uh, what's his name from uh, Jess Park? The head guy who makes everything. Oh my word! I am drawing a blank. It's a flea circus. It's the flea circus. Yeah. John Hammond. That little guy. Thank you, Hammond. That's it. And that looks good too, <laughs> by the way. Dominion. I can't. I'm yeah, yeah. I am so psyched for that too. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, bye everybody. <laughs> go. Yeah. So uh, we'll be doing some of, the, especially with Celebration Kenobi. Like I said, it won't necessarily be. A committed weekly thing per se but we're, we're, you can't kill us off we'll be around forever um so we'll be we'll be doing stuff and uh at this point i also want to acknowledge do you know how long it's been technically since we started this show not the last one this show the the since the very first episode yep five years seven seven years holy crud <laughs> yeah how long has it been since me, you, and uh, Noah would uh, podcast? Eight? Wait, oh, no, no, no. I, no. I think we're at six, and then with Noah, it's seven. eight. Nice. I think. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. No, we started, we started this, was it, it was January of 16, right? It, it was, was it was the fifteenth. They were in the middle of filming um last Jedi. Okay. So it was January of sixteen that we started this then. Uh so yeah, so it's been six uh, over six years now. 
that we start that we did podcast two one eight seven. But as far as you and me doing podcast stuff together, that has been more like uh, seven or eight years. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, longer than most marriages. <laughs> Uh, you have a point anyway all right so yeah we are gonna go um everybody who's listening to this thank you for doing so appreciate you we'll be back to talk about the the funny jedi man hermit later yep. and celebration it see ya be oh. back before that, right? uh i mean you never know <laughs> we'll see unless something crazy happens yeah we'll, we'll see what happens but uh and, and even if there's a good chance you know i'll just you know talk like we've been doing anyway without the recordings right like he caught us at the beginning tonight yeah yeah anyway all right see it bye <laughs>